Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue Beat Case 1 The Silver Casket Part 6 Grace Kelly Kevin O'Reilly had walked out, leaving me in the smelly, quiet office. I pondered. Maybe this case wouldn't be so tough to crack. She believed that the killer of her husband, Jeffrey O'Reilly, was someone who lived in this house. If her hunch was true, I would find out. Although, she seemed a tad suspicious herself. Butler mentioned there were six members of the family to be questioned, not including Terence or Butler himself. It was getting late, but I needed to talk to everyone. No big deal. I often stayed up past my bedtime. Mr. Locke, are you ready for Master Peter O'Reilly? Yes, Butler. Bring him in. Butler disappeared from the doorway. A moment later, he returned with a tall man who from far away appeared to be elegant and suave, but under closer inspection was actually disheveled and drunk. The man stumbled to the desk, his shirt untucked, tie hanging limply, and his shoelaces dragging behind him. Master Peter O'Reilly. Thank you, Butler. The man leaned against the desk a moment. He composed himself and sat. Too bad where he sat he didn't end up in the chair, but rather fell on his ass to the ground. Butler rushed to his aid. Master Peter, are you all right? Yes. Get away from me, Butler. You can leave now. God, I hate Butler. I think he was just trying to help you up. Please. That guy's a menace. Don't act like you like your help. I don't have any help. What? How do you live? Like most people. No, like poor people. Ew. Do you put your own clothes on? <laughs> yes. Oh, so you do you do things for yourself? Yes. I made my own breakfast today. Oh my god. What about lunch? Not today, but yes. I often make that, too. Ew, dinner. Tell me you don't make your own dinner. Come on. Just do you? Really? Do you make your own dinner? I do. Oh, stop it. I hate hearing about poor people. It's sickening. Mr. O'Reilly. Please, call me King Latifah. I'm not going to call you that. Then Peter will suffice. Peter, are you intoxicated? <clears throat> nope. But I am drunk. That's what I thought. We really have to go through this again? We've never gone through this. You know what I mean with the police. I've already told them everything I know. Well, I need to ask some questions. Fine, but don't keep me too long. I have a yacht party to get to. Seems like a lot of family members are dancing and partying after such a tragic event. <laughs> what traffic event? Your father dying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's horrible. Why don't we just cut to the chase? Does, does this mean I have to start running? No. Are you happy about your father's passing now that you get a little bit of his worth? I don't need that money. I have plenty of money. Are you sure? Sure seems like his passing could bring you a lot of dough. What am I, gonna big bread? I thought we were talking about money. That's another term for money. Mr. Clark, my father dying is a sad, sad tragedy. 
Most definitely a murder, but I, unlike my mother, believe it was a random shooting. I don't think anybody in this house would go through the trouble of putting a bullet in his head. The man was old. He was going to die soon enough. And just to let you know about his money meant nothing to me. I already have millions saved up. I wipe my ass with hundred dollar bills. That seems like a waste. It isn't. I put them back in my wallet. That defeats the purpose. Of what? Proving that they don't matter to you. Hey, I, I still want the money. That's disgusting. <laughs> that kinda is. The point I'm trying to make here is you're barking up the wrong tree. You'll never find your culprit here. So pick another tree, become a cat, and and climb up that one instead. What? Good day to you, sir. <sighs> what the hell is going on? A moment later, Butler returned with the next family member. Her name was Natalie. She was the daughter of Catherine and Peter's sister. She was beautiful in a countryish way, with her flannel crop top and tight jeans. She sat down and flooded her eyes. Mr. Locke, is it? That's right. Miss Natalie O'Reilly. Actually, it's Natalie Brewster. I kept the name, even though my husband and I split some time ago. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, then I'm sorry to say that. Natalie... May I call you Natalie? That's fine. Her shy demeanor threw me. She didn't seem like she belonged in this family. I need to ask you a few questions. Please do. I'm always willing to help. Good. I'll make the questions quick. Do you remember the morning, well, when your father was found dead? Yes. My mother woke me and told me the bad news. We went into the bedroom, Peter and I, but I stayed out of the bathroom. When Terrence came running in, him and Peter went into the bathroom. When they came out, Peter shook his head. I was in shock. My mother started dancing, and Peter went to get breakfast. What did you do? I went to my room, popped in Giant on Blu-ray. I'm a big Rock Hudson fan. Then I fell asleep. You watched a movie? It calmed me. Do you know what Terrence did? Yes, he called the police. Well, I'm glad someone did. I would have, but Terrence said he would take care of it. That's why I went to my room. When I woke again, the police were here, and my daughters, Sarah and Melissa, were awake. I told them they were not going to school that day, and that's when I told them what had happened. The police questioned everyone. How do you feel about your father's passing? Upset. He would often come down to Snyder, Texas, to help with the ranch. Now it looks like I'll be all alone this winter. I have to say you seem much different than both your mother and brother. They can be a handful of times. It's like that old country saying, Two pigglies with wigglies must be controlled, or else there won't be no breakfast for the big and the bold. That's an interesting saying. You learned that on the ranch? I learn everything on the ranch. It's my true home. I asked her a few more questions about the police procedure and what she felt actually happened. She said she didn't know, but that it couldn't be someone in the family. Well, I guess that does it. Thank you for your patience. I'll have to talk to your daughters, though, preferably one at a time. Oh, about that. One of my daughters thinks you're a talent scout. I'm most certainly not a talent scout. Yes, um, I know. But it was the only way I could get her to talk to you. She's a struggling actress, you see, and we felt it may be easier if you pretended to be a talent scout and maybe slipped in a few questions here or there, you know, between the evaluations of your performance. How would that be easier? Sarah. This family was nuts. 
but I had to talk to everyone if I was going to get a clear picture of each and every family member. Butler shuffled in with Sarah Brewster in tow. Natalie decided to stay and help me with her daughter, although I would have rather done this alone. Sarah, this is that talent scout we were talking about. Oh, he doesn't have a police uniform like the last one. We had to tell her all the police were part of some Atlas Avenue show. This is weird. I know. Go ahead, honey. He's watching. Okay, Mom. <clears throat> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime guy. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. Bravo, bravo. You see what she did there? She replaced the lyric ragtime gal with ragtime guy. Because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. Can I ask the questions now? Hurry, slip some in. I think she's getting ready to sing Oklahoma. When I'm stuck with the day, it was definitely tricky asking this girl questions, but what else could I do? Her mother said she wouldn't talk to me if she knew I was only a P.I. The depressing thing was it actually worked out. I got the information I needed even though Sarah didn't know much. Moving my hips like yeah. I can also dance if you want. We're good, we're good. I'll, uh, I'll give you a call sometime later. Thank you. Really? Sure, whatever. Natalie escorted her daughter out and brought in the other daughter, Melissa. Natalie felt Melissa was a little better by herself, so she left the room. Good, back to normal. Hello, Melissa. Hi. You know I'm a private investigator, right? Sigh. Of course, my sister's dumb. Did you just say sigh? Scoff, no. What? N never mind. Melissa, I need to ask you some questions about- Yeah, yeah, I know. Groan. Why do you do that? Do what? Why are you pronouncing noises? Scoff, I'm not. There, you just did it again. Deep sigh. What are you talking about? Deep sigh? What are you talking about? No, what are you talking about? Murmur. Murmur, 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 murmur. Why are you murmuring the word murmur? What is wrong with you? Me? Nothing. You know what? I can't handle this right now. Do you know who killed your grandpa? Any suspicions? No. Good. We're done then. Thank you. I didn't even feel like trying with her. I doubt she knew anything important. I looked at my watch. Damn, it was late. My stomach grumbled. How much longer would this take? The door opened and instead of butler, Natalie came in. She pushed an old man in a wheelchair over to the desk. This must be Grandpa O'Reilly. What? What's going on here? Grandpa, I told you. There's someone here to see you. Oh, is it her? It is. Wait, what's going on? He likes Grace Kelly. Okay. If you want to question him, you have to act like Grace Kelly. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. What's going on? Who's here? Grandpa, it's Grace Kelly. No, sir, it's not. My name is Mr. Locke. I'm a P.I. looking into your son's... What now? I'm a private investigator. Natalie, get me out of here. I ain't talking to any blue suit. But I'm not a cop. Get me out of here. I want to go back to my couch. But Grandpa... Couch! Couch! Cushions in my couch! Quick, act like Grace Kelly. I don't know what that entails. Sound like her. I don't know how to impersonate her. Wait a second. Is he blind? No. Well, then I'm at a loss. 
If he can see me, what good is a voice? He will only talk to his family or Grace Kelly. You must impersonate Grace Kelly. It's like the old country saying. Imitate a cow, you won't get no milk and no butter. But if you imitate a goat, you can do whatever you like, because now you got an udder. But cows have udders. There's no way that's a saying. And if he can see me, there's no point in doing the voice. It'll work. You said he'll only talk to his family or Grace Kelly? How about I impersonate a family member? There are no more. No distant cousins? No, they're all near. Long-lost relatives? We found them all. <sighs> it doesn't make any sense. He's staring right at me right now. He can clearly see I'm not Grace Kelly. This is all very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So, are you going to imitate her, or...? Oh, God. Fine. <clears throat> oh, hello there. What? Who's that there? Uh, it's me, Gr Grace Kelly. Star of movies and princess. I I'm a princess. I, I can't do a woman's voice. Keep going. You're doing good. <sighs> I need to ask you a few questions about your son's death. Natalie! Grace Kelly's here! I know. What would you like to know, dear? If you have any suspicions about who could have murdered your son... Once again, I was stunned. This family was nuts. Natalie was the most normal of the bunch, and yet here she was forcing me to act as Grace Kelly. Surprisingly, at least to me, it worked. I got the information I needed. Turns out Grandpa O'Reilly wasn't fond of his son. That makes another. He mentioned how he heard a scuffle in his son's room, but chalked it up to him slipping on some coins. I continued to take notes. When the interview was finished, I asked for some water. Butler had brought me a tall, thin glass with two ice cubes and a slice of cucumber. Now it was time to interview him. Butler, do you like working for the O'Reillys? Yes, very much so. Even though they treat you the way they do? I mean, they act like you're worthless. Mmm, yes. But they pay me well. So it's about the money. I guess everyone who lives here only cares about the money. Mmm, money is important. Sure. The problem is, when it becomes too important, people do stupid things. Do you think anyone here may have done a stupid thing? Mmm, Master Peter wipes his ass with money. And then puts it back into his pocket. Okay. By stupid thing, I meant commit a murder. Mmm... No. No one here would do such a thing. That's what you believe. Mmm... Yes. Are you okay? Mmm... Yes. Are you having a stroke right now? Mr. Locke, you're still here. Mr. O'Reilly, I am. Took longer than I thought. I should mention I believe Butler here is having a stroke. Is he taking too long to answer? You just gotta kick him in the back. It'll get him going again. Mm. Sometimes he even stutters. It's the worst. I hate him so much, but it's so hard to find good help. Don't you look at me, Butler. Look at the corner of the ceiling. I hate when he looks at me. His dumb gaze is so stupid and old and worthless and stupid. It's a crack in the ceiling, Butler. Go fix that. I try to give him things to do, you know. Keep him away from me. Yes, Master O'Reilly. Anyway, Mr. Locke, I hope my family wasn't too much trouble. As I stand here and stare at my notes, I can't help but think that your family has a few... Problems. In a word. It's actually my favourite word. Plural word. My favourite singular word is catacombs. No, wait, that's plural too, isn't it? Terence, may I call you that? That or Prince Latifah. 
I'll stick with Terrence. I have a question. Have you ever seen murder on the Orient Express? No, but I did see Speed 2 Cruise Control. Oi, Sandra Bullock. I don't know why you just told me that, but okay. I'm trying to make a point. There's a famous scene in Murder on the Orient Express. Ah, wait, don't ruin it. It's in my queue. You have Netflix? No, but my movies do wait in line. <sighs> just trying to ask you an important question, and Orient Express has a scene that relates. Oh, you said Murder on the Orient Express. I thought you said Turret of Florist has to press. Really? You're talking about the famous scene on the train. Wait, are you trying to say what I think you're trying to say? Depends. If you know what I'm trying to say, or if you just think you know. Well, I think I know what you're trying to say, and I think it's the truth. Well, if it's the truth, then maybe you should just come out and say it. I know it's the truth of what you think, but it isn't the truth, I know. Because what I know is that what you think happened is not what actually happened. You don't know what I think. You think my family killed my father. Oh, okay. Then you know what I think. Do you know how preposterous that sounds? Well, a lot of family members seem to be quite happy with your father's demise. Which makes me think, maybe, just maybe, one of the members of your family put a bullet in your father's head. It was someone else. May I see the bathroom? Do you have to wee? I want to see where the murder took place. Then maybe take a pee-pee. We head upstairs, down a long corridor, which was under construction, into the master bedroom, and into the large bathroom complete with tub, toilet, and bidet. The glow of the work lights outside made the room a tinny yellow. Those stupid construction workers, leaving the lights on again. This new wing is going to cost us plenty if they keep leaving the lights on and driving up our electricity. Why the new wing? As my father used to say, a bigger house is a better house. I walked around the bathroom, taking it all in. I jotted down a few things. Where the window was located, the door, the tub. How long do you think it'll take for you to solve this? I'll pay you as much as you want. There's really no way to tell. Well, I hate to bring this up, but at the meeting I went to earlier, there was a bit of a problem. Turns out the merger is going through next Saturday. And if they find out Desmond Grant is behind bars, they're likely going to withdraw. I can't have that. We'll lose millions, possibly billions, maybe even trillions. Okay, maybe not trillions, but definitely billions. I can't rush it. A case like this takes time. Please, you have to find the real killer. You just have to get Desmond out of jail. I'll buy you anything. Rolex, LED TV, a car. Terence, it isn't that... Wait, what kind of car? A nice one. Lamborghini, Porsche, station wagon if you're into that kind of thing. Hmm. No, what, what am I thinking? I have to do a thorough investigation. I'll go through all the police documents and all the interview notes. Fine. I just want to solve this. I can get anything you need. I'll do whatever it takes. Well, there is one more thing I need. Another interview. Of course. With whom? You. Atlas Avenue Beat, written by Robert M. Lamb, edited by Dylan Whitehead, starring Jack Austin as Locke, Amy LeRae as Edith, Jose Caraballo as Paul, Brian Messick as Arthur, Shannon McCarthy as Lorraine, 
Megan Austin as Angela. Co-starring Hope Ennis, Amber Simpson, Shannon Lee, Mike Butler, Ashley Wilkins, John Lassabeth, Jean Lamb, Mike Lenhart, Matthew Manning, and Robert M. Lamb. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. This has been a Seven Lamb production.